Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are interviewing Reverend Dr. Mark Koshman, an author of a resource on youthesource.com. Youth Esource is the LCMS Youth Ministries resource website with over 1,700 different articles, Bible studies, skits, and discussion guides. There's a wealth of doctrinally reviewed current and helpful resources for you and your youth ministry. To find out more, go to youthesource.com and check out those resources. After the 2019 LCMS Youth Gathering, we posted Bible study resources written by gathering speakers or studies that revisited the themes of the gathering. Today, we are joined by one of the speakers who tackled an important topic for young people as they discover their purpose in life and also plan for the future. The topic is the Lutheran understanding of vocation, and it is a key way to appreciate and understand how God uses us as we bring his care and the good news of Jesus to others. With us today is Reverend Dr. Mark Koshman, who serves as Assistant Professor of Theology and Ministry and the Hoffman Mentoring Initiatives Director at Concordia University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Dr. Koshman teaches courses on Christian mission and outreach, Lutheran theology, the Gospel of Luke and Acts, and a popular course on urban outreach called Faith and Justice in the City. Beginning in January of 2020, Dr. Koshman will begin as the chairperson for the Department of Theology and Ministry. He also teaches youth and adult Bible studies at St. John Lutheran Church in Woodbury, Minnesota. Dr. Koshman, welcome to the End Goals podcast. Great. Thanks for having me. We got to hear a little bit in your biography and congratulations on your brand new position. Um, but tell us a little bit about your vocations, your teaching and other things that bring you joy. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. As you know, I really enjoyed being part of the National Youth Gathering and then also being able to put together a resource for our church on vocation. I talk a lot about vocation here at Concordia St. Paul. One of my main tasks is to work with a or to, to direct a mentoring initiative um, for non-church work students who are passionate about their Christian faith and who really want to see how God is using them and working in their lives to call them to do ministry and service and witness, um, whether they're going to be a, a nurse or a business person or an engineer, um, or if they're doing sales or finance or any of the different things that God is calling them to do. Um, and I get to work with them. So one of the main vocations that I have is this, this mentoring and teaching of uh, young men and women um, and just seeing how God is working in their lives. So that's been super awesome for me and, and quite a bit of fun. I also um, have increasingly found myself in some administrative roles at our university. And so I'm also now talking a lot about vocation with my colleagues <laughs> and with the science department and with you know our new College of Health and Sciences um, and even at one of our doctoral programs in physical therapy um, and the faculty there. So it's been kind of fun to just this, this theme just keeps coming up over and over and over again. Um, and a lot of the different ways in which I'm, I'm working. And then I certainly also, I mean, if we're going to talk about vocation, um, one of the key ways of understanding vocation is that it's not just your work. It's not just your profession. Um, so you have a vocation as a dad and as a husband, in my case. Um, and so I really enjoy I have, uh, being a husband, and I've got three kids. Um, we also talk about a vocation as a family of going outside and enjoying uh, the beauty of Minnesota. Uh, we like to hike, and just the other day we had, uh, this, we were up north, 
um, and there were about 20 inches of snow in Duluth, and we all went snowshoeing. And um, I guess that's kind of a vocation, too. Not just anybody feels called to go snowshoeing and 20 inches of snow. Yeah. That is not my vocation. I'm happy for you. We learned in planning the youth gathering about, we, we heard both things. We're so like, when you're in Minnesota, you got to be hardy folks and you got to be able to embrace the cold if you want to get outside and do those things. So you kind of got to dress appropriately and be able to appreciate that. And at the same time, we learned why everyone is outside for about three months of the year in Minnesota in the summer because you get everything you can in those months when you don't have to bundle up and do that kind of stuff. So it was a fun learning for us in that yep. planning yep. about how certainly Minnesota folks adapt and at the same time enjoy, like you said, a beautiful state with so much just natural beauty, both not only in the Twin Cities itself and that entire state. There's just so much to do and so much to enjoy. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, maybe your junior and senior high years and how maybe Jesus used a key moment or moments or people uh, that um, really maybe kept you uh, close to him or brought you closer or also to his church and his family of faith that you knew growing up. So I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. My dad was the pastor there and my mom's Lutheran school teacher. So I certainly had, since a very early age, this deep sense of the importance of the church um, and this this really um, beautiful faith that was modeled to me by my parents. And that really meant, um, and it continues to mean a lot to me. But I also really like to lift up for students and for people who I interact with today, the value of the congregation. Because for me, the congregation was uh, just just so awesome. Today, sometimes young people are dismissive, or even older people are dismissive of the church or the congregation. But for me, just the congregational experience itself, the intergenerational relationships that I had um, when I was in junior high, when I was in senior high, and then also um, even now, just matters so much to me. Um, there was one man, and I mentioned him um, in the Bible study that I put together mm-hmm. on this topic, who um, was definitely an inspiration to me because he uh, commuted to Chicago on the train, and I always thought that would be really cool to do. Um, and he would go downtown where, you know, have all these skyscrapers. And I don't know where he actually worked. I never saw his office. But in my mind, he was probably, you know, in one of the big big uh, skyscrapers, like the, we call it now the Willis Tower. But back then it was the Sears Tower. And for sure he wasn't there. But in my mind, it was like, man, he gets to go downtown. And he works in these big skyscrapers. Um, and he was an inspiration to me because, he, he led our Bible study um, in the youth group. Um, we actually, instead of having, um, I don't know, I guess when growing up we had, a, we had a good number of studies that were, you know, pre-prepared and kind of more worksheets. And then when we got to high school, we switched to a small group model. So he was our small group leader. There were about eight of us in his small group. And then there were other um, men and women in the congregation who had their own small groups. So that's, that was our approach to youth ministry. And we just would pick a book of the Bible and we would read through it. And he said he would read his, we had like daily reading assignments. Um, and he did his reading, he said, on the, on the way into to work in Chicago. Um, and he just brought that type of experience of um, someone who, for me, was this everyday, you know, worker in Chicago and the way in which he lived out his faith. Um, and that was an important model to me. I mean, it didn't surprise me that my dad and my mom read the Bible and that we did a lot of family <laughs> sure, devotions. But, uh-huh. but to know that other people did this and did it publicly, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he did it on the yeah, train. Right? Um, that was inspiring to me. That's great. 
And so wonderful to hear uh, significant adults and the impact that they have over the long term as we kind of put together a podcast for lay leaders who maybe are, are leading those small groups now. So we'll say like, yeah, those are, uh, you don't just have to be a church worker and be a significant adult uh, to a young person, especially uh, in those important ages of, of adolescence. What do you love about working with your students as you teach um, and as you mentor um, and as you kind of serve in those capacities? What do you love about your opportunity to teach there at CSP? Yeah, well, so this, I think, is the perhaps the best um, the best age of people to work with because they're they're going through all of the, the transitions in life. They're so formative and they really they're asking deep questions and they're really trying to sort out who they want to be and their identity and their community and the type of work that they want to do. So I just love being a part of that experience for them. And in the classroom, I find that there's just a lot of rich engagement and conversation. And in an age and in a country where we find less and less just open, common public space to talk freely and openly about ideas, the classroom, especially a classroom at Concordia St. Paul, really allows us to have some really deep, heartfelt conversations about, you know, difficult questions, ethical questions, um, a lot of theological and spiritual questions that people have. Um, and so that's been a fun group um, for me to work with. Um, and I should point out that, I mean, for the most part, in the classroom, I'm working with what we consider to be traditional undergraduate students. So, you know, students who are 18, 19, 20, you know, early 20s. But we do, you know, there's a good number of students increasingly who are older than that, in their 20s, and their 30s even, and others who are coming back. Um, we find a lot of students in, in our online programs who are, who are older. And I teach some online courses as well, and we're kind of always working with these same themes. So while I definitely, like, have a special heart for 18- and 20-year-olds um, and find that I can really engage with that, with that demographic, a lot of these themes are for everybody, and I'm finding are conversations that people really want to talk about. Um, and then on Sundays, I go and I teach the high school youth group, and, uh, and that initially gave me this initial shock between, <laughs> you know, you have... You're used to teaching, you know, 18-year-olds, 18, 18 right? And then all of a sudden you have, you know, freshmen high schoolers, and it's like, whoa, like, I had to, I had to uh, pay attention to, um, to things differently. I just didn't realize how, how accustomed I'd become to talking to an older sure. audience. But uh, they, they were generous, patient with me, and, um, and we ended up having, we're, we're having a good, good time. So I've been doing that for a couple of years now, and it's cool to see that we're really close, a close youth group. That's great. And I, I think that's one thing that and we're going to, I know, have you talk about vocation here in a little bit, but I think that's one thing that's great about the topic of vocation. I'm sure that you spend so much of your time on is that vocation fits at any age. Every age has vocations, responsibilities, opportunities, joy, and serving. And so it gives you that kind of hook at any age you can talk about the vocations in which you have. And one place that you were able to do that with, again, a, a diverse audience was uh, in, at the 2019 LCMS Youth Gathering in Minneapolis. And you spoke at one session for youth and one for adult leaders. The youth session was titled, What Do Luther, Legos, and Lacrae Have in Common? Which <laughs> provided insight. Lacroix. Oh, sorry. No, that's right. No, look right. Look right. Which provided insight into contemporary Christian understandings of faith, vocation, and also explored theological concepts which helped us lead lives of meaning and significance. 
And the adult session was titled Callings, Faith, Vocation, and Life Together. And in that, you encourage adult leaders to uh, better equip, support, and mentor young people, just as you do, as they consider their faith, vocation, and life together in Christ. Could you tell us a little bit about that experience of the gathering, certainly having a gathering in your backyard in Minneapolis, um, and perhaps the interactions you had with youth and adults at the gathering? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so there are two very, very different types of sessions, even though the topic was pretty much the same, looking at Lutheran understandings of vocation. So yeah, I had a lot of fun even just putting together the title, um, even though I think, Juliana, you also um, have used uh, clips from the Lego film and some of your mm-hmm. presentations. Oh. I have, I have <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I just, so I've got, my oldest is eight, and I have a six, an eight-year-old boy, a six-year-old a girl, and a two-and-a-half-year-old. And our family loves Legos, and we organize our Legos, and we build, and it's just, it's been a blast. So the, the joke that I said at the National Youth Gathering was that I came with a title that just kind of brought together my three favorite passions. So Luther, um, Legos, and then um, uh, Lecrae, who's this African-American Christian hip-hop artist um, who, who really spoke to me when I was um, serving as a pastor in St. Louis, actually, in North mm-hmm. County, St. Louis, in a um, congregation that was, um, had a, you know, consisted of both um, uh, a good number of white uh, members and a lot of African-American members. Um, so I kind of learned a lot about African-American music and culture, and Lecrae was one of these artists that really captured um, this deep passion for the Lord and this commitment in a very um, upbeat, contemporary musical style. Um, and so I really like his old stuff, and here I'm always reminded that he's, like, producing newer things. And so, you know, I'll reference something, and it's, like, when his CD's from, like, 10 years ago or whatever. But um, it's, uh, or even there, I mentioned his CD, because I still have, like, a CD. <laughs> no one even has a CD. Um, but in any case, I, I had a lot of fun just working with those three themes um, or those three topics. Um, and the common thread was Luther gives us the sense of, the priesthood of all believers, this, this understanding that every vocation, every calling from God is equal, and that by serving our neighbor, we're able to serve others. And then Lecrae has this nice testimony um, that he talks about his life and a song that I pulled, mm-hmm. um, and then I pulled a few clips from the Lego film that just kind of highlighted that, because I contend that a lot of our culture, um, even something like Lego, brings in um, aspects of this greater story or this greater drama, the, the Christian story, the Christian drama, um, which makes sense to me. Like, if this is the, the true story, the real reality of our world is that God has uh, given us life and salvation in His Son and that God calls us and works in our lives. Then there's echoes of this throughout creation. So it's fun for me to kind of pull in even cultural pieces to kind of teach that same, that same message. Um, so that was the, the youth session, and it was fun. I mean, I just started right away with a, with a song um, from Lecrae that got us all fired up. And I did make a couple comments to some of my colleagues. You know, we go, as theology professors, we go to a lot of academic conferences and, very, you know, very serious academic debates and such. Um, and it was fun for me to be able to go to something where people were just, you know, excited and alive and just really energized. Uh, so that on its own was quite fun for me. Awesome. Um, and then the, the adult session that I did, um, I ran very much like a classroom, um, like a typical classroom that I would teach here, um, which was, let's look at some, 
some examples of what uh, people are facing today, and let's like do like a workshop. Let's walk through how these different examples teach us about um, location, about calling, about service, and also help us better unpack um, who we are in our world today in this particular moment. So I showed a film clip from um, the film Up in the Air, and this film um, came out, again, I was picked on by, I had a couple students who said in there, because I'm like, oh, yeah, it came out just a few years ago, um, and it came out like 10 years ago. <laughs> but it, um, it, it described well millennials um, in this story, and, I, and then what was interesting was to see, since it was from like 10 years ago, how a lot of what this film was anticipating would happen in American culture is now completely the norm. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and things as far as like career and perfection um, and this perfectionistic attitude, changing, shifting norms about uh, marriage and work and family and balancing life. Um, I mean, all of those things this film really highlights and brings to the forefront. Um, and we were able to talk about it and then kind of analyze like, all right, so how was this film like cutting edge when it came out? Mm -hmm. um, how was it able to kind of anticipate where we were going? Um, and or where did it kind of get it wrong? Or like, has there been a counter movement? And for us then as Christians to think through how does our, how does our faith? How does our Christian community? How does our vocation shape that and, and change that conversation? Or at least help are, you know, for me, my students, or for youth in a congregation, or just for members in the church, to better have the tools and resources so that they can make sense of our particular moment in American history. Awesome. That's fantastic, and, and we love that we can put some of these uh, presentations onto podcasts and make those available as well, so you can can listen to those and, and people get a chance to hear them. It, there's nothing quite like uh, presenting to kind of the enthusiastic, especially <laughs> high schoolers who are at the gathering. Um, it's such a great energy to be able to talk to them, and they are so eager to hear um, from from speakers and, and new teachers about um, how they can better and deeper understand their faith. So uh, one of the great things you were able to do is then to take um, some of these topics and and areas and, and put them together in a study on the e-source uh, called Leading Lives That Matter that looks at our real present God through ordinary people and ordinary work. So we already talked a lot about vocation, but it really considering uh, how we can talk about vocation with our youth in terms of uh, being called to live lives of faith and work and service and witness through those vocations. So maybe give us, uh, we've been using the word, <laughs> uh, but how would you define yep. vocation? And um, how do we as Lutherans, maybe along with other Christians, understand that term? Yeah, so for, for me, in my study, I just simply described vocation as this calling that we receive from God, um, which, I mean, vocation or vocatio um, comes from, you know, it's the word calling from the Latin. Um and so now when I work with students here on our campus, the word that actually seems to resonate with them the most is the word purpose. And I find this is kind of interesting, but also maybe very much our American approach to things that, you know, what people really want to talk about is their purpose. And by that, they usually mean my dreams, my desires, uh, my talents, my skills, things that, that I want to do. And, and that's all really great and wonderful and 
and even for my own life. I mean, I have a sense of my purpose and the skills and things that I like to do and that I'm good at. Um, but so I like to kind of set up for, for people a sense that purpose starts with you. And it's, you know, my is the, the operative word there, right? These are the things that, that I'm good at, that I want to do, my purpose. And that's a good starting point. But for us to then shift the conversation from me to a sense of calling, and at a very basic sense, calling is coming from outside of us. You know, so if I get a phone call um, from someone, I, you know, it's someone else is calling me to do something. Um, I often make this example that if um, one of my favorite um, uh, Lego designers for the Lego Corporation were to call me from Denmark, like literally call me up on the phone and say, hey, Mark, we'd like for you to come work for us for a year, like just for fun, you know, like that, that would be a calling. Um, right now it's maybe just uh, something I think would be fun for me to do. It's a, it would be an interesting purpose or, or thing for me to do. But to actually have a calling from somebody to do it, then it, makes it, then it makes it more real. And then it's someone else wants me to do this who recognizes this, the, the talents that I have. And and we're still not really even at, at vocation yet. I haven't even really gotten to the <laughs> theological language, right? But just I'm trying to, like, walk us through, like, how do we get to the sense of vocation? Um, so calling just means it comes from outside of us. Someone else calls us to do it. And then vocation is where we where I land in the study and where I think us our, our Lutheran theology really is very strong and talks about it's not just you know, someone from the Lego Corp calling me. It's not just someone from my boss calling me or, or a teacher saying I should do something. It's that we have this, this sense that God is actually calling us to do this work. Um, and it comes from outside of us. And so there's a lot of biblical examples that uh, describe how God is calling us. Um, there are a lot of ways in which Christian writers have made sense of how God calls them. Uh, to do great acts of courage or of mercy or of service um, or of acts of compassion toward others. Or we talk about calling to serve the church, or we talk about callings to, like, live out our faith in other ways. But I want to back that all the way up, too, to really get back to the core biblical notion of calling, which is when God calls us, he first and foremost calls us in his son Jesus, and that calling begins in our baptism. So I think uh, you guys have both kind of alluded to the framework for the Bible study, and it, st- it starts by this calling of my being called to Christ. So vocation, first and foremost, is being called to Christ. And I want everyone who reads the study and for my students and others to really have a deep sense of what does it mean to be called to Christ. Because we're really good, I think, at jumping right to the, here's what I want to do, um, here's how, uh, here's my purpose, or here's what I think would be awesome for me to do, but to actually get the grounding right, which is that we're first called to Christ. And historically, if you look to the early church fathers and early church mothers, when they talked about vocation, they were talking about baptism and they were talking about being called to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's really where I anchor. So my first session, this Bible study, focuses on that. And then you know, through, there's you know, hundreds of years of church history here where the term gets used and interpreted and written about in different ways. Um, and then we really kind of land with Martin Luther's emphasis that you're called by God to then serve your neighbor in a variety of different stations in life. So primarily your work, your church, your community, and your family. And so then, we st- and then I start in the study to kind of unpack, all right, now that I know where my identity comes from, I'm called to Christ. Now, how is God calling me to serve my neighbor, whether that's through my work, 
through my community, through my church, or through my family. Um, and to see that each of those is equally important and equally valuable, and to have this sense that the Holy Spirit is actually working in our lives uh, to lead us forth into these, these really meaningful um, areas or arenas for, for service and for love. And then as the study kind of works its way through that, we then, I then lead us to think about calling um, as a sense of being called to witness. And, you know, certainly the way in which you, we, if we faithfully do our jobs um, and our work or faithfully do our roles as a father or as a mother or as a sibling or as a child or as a student, I mean, all those different ways in which we can live out those vocations are able to be ways in which we can talk about our great God mm-hmm. and talk about how God has been active in my life since the beginning. And really the ending, then being called to witness, allows us to go back and talk about the beginning, which is why do we, why do we serve in the first place? Well, it takes us back to being called by God in Christ Jesus. So the hope, at least, is that as people work through the sessions and the study, um, and my hope for people as they think through this kind of robust term of vocation, is that they're able to see how it starts with God, God sends us out, and then even as we go out and we proclaim about what God has done, it kind of leads us back to the very beginning, which is being called back to God. Um, and so by getting into that rhythm, I really think people can have a very enriching um, experience with um, vocation, and you can really see how God's active uh, in their life in some pretty awesome ways. That's great. One thing I appreciate about the study is, uh, again, kind of the, to, to frame what you just said, is the for those that might be using the study or looking uh, at some resources here, the four questions that you kind of ask through the study is, one, who has God created and redeemed me to be? Two, who do I want to be? So it gets into that discussion, again, the questions that young people themselves are asking. Three, how is God calling to me to a life of love and service toward others? Four, how can I live out my vocation right now? Which, again, has that uh, additional component. I think that we hear so often from young people that how do I witness my faith as I have new relationships, new independence, that type of stuff into high school. And as you see too, certainly on a college campus. And so that opportunity to witness. And I really appreciate how you talked about what your hope is for young people that walk away. As you can imagine, I mean, just think about yourself on um, Sunday morning teaching this to high school students. Uh, There's going to be pastors and commission ministers or lay leaders who are leading this study. What is a word of encouragement that you'd give to them as they lead the study with young people in their congregation? Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a really good question. I'd really want for them to have a sense that their young people at the very, at the end of the day, they really need to be built up in their identity in Christ. And to really have, what I, my hope then is that, that the young people or the, or the adults, I'm actually, I'm going to be teaching this study um, in January, first with the adults awesome. in my congregation. Great. Um, that's great. We're, going to, we're doing six weeks with the adults, and then I'm going to teach to the youth. And I've written a letter wanting all the parents to come to the adult session because I want, I want to, to remind them that, like, as much as young people today are being pushed to think about mm-hmm. their career and their profession from such an early age, yep. they, don't, they don't lack for knowing that they need to do stuff. <laughs> but, but for them to have a sense that, and, and a, that, that they're loved by God in Christ Jesus and that it's more than just nice words, but that there's a real depth to their identity in God, that's where I want them to to really focus on, and for the parents to kind of re, be reminding their kids that, like, you know, when they when they when they don't always perform as well as they want mm-hmm. to or think they should, 
um, whether it's academically or athletically or with their life, how they're living, that, that there's just this real beautiful sense of God's grace, even in the midst of, of this, this push, this drive in so many of our American contexts to just work, 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 and study, 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 and for young people to, you know, just have everything mapped out. And, right. and that the study is trying to push against all of that and say, know where you come from, know, who, you know, know how you're called by God, and then see how God's going to lead you. And it's going to take a lot of different routes and some turns here, and you'll find new ways of discovering things. Um, so what I want, what I'd love for all the people who are, who are teaching the study to, to be thinking about is emphasizing this identity in Christ to them so that young people can feel more at peace, so that young people can have this confidence of who their God is, um, and then to kind of see how God's at work in their life. I, I remember uh, my wife has been one who's always reminded this to me um, in conversations over the years. When I was on Vicarage, um, I had the opportunity to lead a mission trip to um, Cake, Alaska, and we were in Alaska, and we had a phenomenal experience, and we led Vacation Bible School, and the church had a long, a long history of being at this place in Alaska. So, I mean, it really felt great, um, and there's a lot of respect, and we learned a lot. I learned tons um, from the culture and the people there and, and vice versa. But I remember on near, like maybe it was the second to last day, my wife and I were, we were going through a walk, we were hiking, and I was really like concerned about like, well, how am I going to do this like again? I mean, like for me, it was like, I had to like, it was a great moment. I was on this high and I was, but I was worried about like making sure I knew what like my next goal was or my next objective was, right? Mm -hmm. And my wife's like, you know, you never anticipated a, where we'd go for Vicarage, we had no idea um, where you'd go for that call. B, that I'd be in Alaska in the first place. And C, then, like, you know, we have no idea where God's going to call us next. But, but to instead of, like, worrying about that and working towards the next goal, to instead just simply enjoy the opportunity that we had with the people there and to really trust that God's going to be present with us and that... Mm -hmm. Um, we can have a deeper sense of gladness and joy and thanksgiving instead of always, you know, what's the next thing? Yeah. And I want young people in our congregations to feel the same thing, that they can see their work right now in high school, or if you're doing it even with junior high students, or if you're doing this with college students, or with the adults, that they're able to have a sense of, like, here's this matters for us right now, and how how's God using me right now today? And how can I be at more peace and find God's grace in my life right now instead of always looking to the next to the next thing? Well, I appreciate certainly in the studies how you take the time at the kind of the wrap of, of each one to talk about how do you apply this moving ahead. And like you said, it's I think the section's titled Next Steps, but it's really about kind of tomorrow, like not thinking too far ahead, but where do we um, – you know, live those callings out right here where God has placed us and to learn that trust in him. So it's a great, like you said, I appreciate how you kind of said that repetition of life, that that formation of yeah. life, that rhythm of life, that we do that. And really glad to hear you two talking about that you're doing this intergenerationally, starting with parents and other adults. That It was funny when we res, uh, started posting these resources is that we had a couple of adult leaders reach out to us and say, hey, we're not just doing this study with our youth. Like These are the same questions and the same topics our adults are wrestling with that we're either doing this intergenerationally or we're going to do this study across our church. So I think yours was yours was one of those studies, I think, that piqued the interest that way. That's good to hear. Yeah, and that's exactly how it was in, intended to be designed. And, and there's even one session where I encourage people to actually, for the youth and the adults, to all meet together um, so that 
and to talk about like calling, right? And to talk about vocation, to talk about these things. Um, and I would also say it's an awesome way, at least in my mind, I think there's some great opportunity here for connecting um, college students, like when they come home at Christmas time mm-hmm. or in the mm-hmm. summer especially, to go back to the youth group and say, hey, here's what my college experience looked like. Here's how I grew as an adult. Here's how I grew as a Christian. Or here's where I struggled. Or here's where I'm questioning, you know, I'm uncertain about certain things. And I think if it's, if, you know, if, if the pastor or the commission minister or the lay leader you know, has, has kind of a nice wet frame for that conversation. Uh, this could be really beneficial for reconnecting our college-age students who um, sometimes, you know, go off to college and are less connected with their home church, but to bring them back and to really kind of give good examples or models for um, the high school youth um, and even just for the congregation as a whole to kind of lift up some of these stories. That's awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for writing this resource. I know it's going to foster a lot of learning and conversations around vocation and certainly helping young people understand how God has given them a purpose in their many vocations and also into future vocations, too. We just want to, again, thank you for taking the time to be with us today and continued blessings on all your work at Concordia St. Paul. Great. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Fantastic words from Dr. Koshman about vocation and, and the ways that we talk about it with with everyone, right, <laughs> with right. young people, uh, with young adults, with parents, with other significant adults in our church. I really think uh, for me, vocation is going to become one of these key things that we're going to have to really figure out how to teach well and often in our church in a way that maybe we hadn't before mm-hmm. paid attention to that. Um, I really love not only that he talks about um, vocation because we know that's one of those seven practices of healthy youth ministry, understanding uh, a unique vocation of every young person, but uh, also helping parents to understand the vocation of their child as a part of what we would talk about as is engaged uh, parenting. And so uh, it's great to hear him talk about how he's used this material to talk to a variety of ages to deeply understand how God has gifted them and placed them in a way to live out his uh, his actions in the world. Yeah, I, th- I think in this conversation we've been having with the seven practices where vocation is really um come to the forefront for me is that I think a lot of people are wrestling with as youth and families have become busier and busier. It's probably less time they're going to be able to be in like a programmatic or um, planned church activities or teaching opportunities. And so it's how are we helping them live out those other hours of their life that they're not in worship or on Sunday morning. And then vocation can become that key teaching and connection part for, like I said, people of all age. It's for parents to talk about it, youth to talk about it. And so Totally on uh, with what you said about um, just vocation going to be a really important thing for us to continue to discuss as the church. And as we see it in achievement culture, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Gen Z is such an achievement-oriented generation. Uh, I love the stat that says that three-fourths of them want to own their own business someday. You're like, I don't know how that's going to work, kids. But, <laughs> uh, but, but really, like they are high-achieving uh, generation that wants to see uh, levels of success in the things that they pursue. And so uh, that can be really wonderful, and God can use them in powerful ways. And I look forward to the next generation in our church body uh, mm-hmm. as we train them up, for example, like an LYF uh, team leadership training is I see those young people who really have this goal set of wanting to, to live out their faith effectively and and achieve uh, new and interesting things in their, in their lives, but also to make sure that we're always orientating that back to their identity in Christ, Mm -hmm. that we're always helping them to move that back to 
understanding that they are baptized children of God, first and foremost, above and beyond anything that they're going to be able to achieve. Yeah, and the discussion of vocation is also um, helpful as they um, discover where and how they can serve in the church as well. So there's even that side of the conversation about how do we, as the people of God, the family of God, come together, serve one another? How does the church function as a family of God um, and the service that can take place there? Uh, young people come in, they're full of energy and of knowledge. Um, but often maybe lack that experience. And that's where supportive adults can engage youth and find out about their interests and their abilities. And through that exploration too, young people can be tied in opportunities to grow in their abilities and relationships with one another. So I love hearing Dr. Koshman talk about that. I mean, even his own experience too, with that man who took the time to invest in me in their small group and help them understand what does it mean to be a Christian businessman every day of their life, on the train, downtown Chicago, whatever it might be, to see how, again, Jesus connects with them and loves them and rooted back in that identity in Christ and our baptism and who we are. And I think, too, that creates a, a hook for talking about future vocations, too, um, for young people as they, I, totally what Dr. Cashman said, I mean, I think they're being pushed at a younger, younger age and to be able to say it's not just about a career we're talking about here, but who has God made you to be and called you to serve. I love that, uh, you know, as, as uh, people who are child, church worker kids, yeah. right? I think often the expectation is that <laughs> is that our parents, and our parents are, we love our parents deeply, and they were great examples of faith. But but even PKs, even church worker kids yeah. need other adults in their lives to give them examples of how to live out their faith. Um, it doesn't look just one way. And so I love that, that we have, you know, this this mentor adult who came alongside and and was willing to, to walk with him through that. That's such a cool story. Yeah, I think how many times I, you know, I tell my dad that we well, have to say that. Right, <laughs> exactly. you're a bastard. And to I be able to someone who wasn't. have to be here. <laughs> That's right. We don't have, uh, but truly to have people who, who had the choice, um, who were living it out in different ways, um, both good for all young people, but mm-hmm. particularly, hey, if you're thinking about it, your pastor's kids, church worker kids, mm-hmm. um, who who also need that, that um that care and that understanding as well. Absolutely. Well, we certainly thank Dr. Koshman for his willingness to tackle this deep and helpful topic and to help us understand how God shows his love and care for us and through us. Um, and we pray for God's continued blessing on his teaching and leading in Concordia St. Paul as he shines that light of Christ to his students and so many others. Certainly is a blessing for us to know how God gives us talents and passions and gifts to be shared with others and to help them know our loving God. So a couple of closing questions for you to think about as you're thinking about your youth ministry. Uh, How are young people in your congregation grappling with finding their purpose and their vocation in life as they understand how God is using them in their everyday roles? Another question is, does your church actively engage young people in service in the church? And how can this service help young people understand their future roles in the church? And finally, how does your congregation equip and encourage young people to consider other areas of life and to serve faithfully in areas of of family, work, and community? Obviously, we continue to pray for you as you live out your vocation as uh, as parent, as child, uh, as aunt, uncle, as uh, significant adult, uh, but particularly as you care for the young people of our church body. Uh, we are so encouraged, and we hope that you are encouraged by this conversation. Uh, if you are, please make sure to like and uh, subscribe. <laughs> All those various things. All the things. I don't even think that's what you do. Give us star know. ratings. But, but certainly, we hope that you subscribe to us or that you uh, check back frequently to hear more uh, content from us. You can also find us, LCMS Youth Ministry, on all the social medias uh, to check back in and tell us about how you might be using this podcast. 
And Goals Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church. Thank you.